Hello, beautiful woman. Welcome to Range Woman, the variety show. Range to me is defined as the ability to take on multiple tasks or projects simultaneously, efficiently, and effectively, whilst being able to tap into and or embody the energetic states required for each of the tasks or projects with ease, flow, and grace. My name is Lala Angela Wang, and it is my intention through featuring a range of amazing women that I have come across in my life to inspire you too to follow your dreams, your desires, and creating the life of your dreams. I am a huge believer that we can all have it all in this lifetime, perhaps just not all at once. So if you so desire, join me on an amazing journey to discover your inner range. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Facebook. Hello, YouTube. And Hello, if you're listening to this as a podcast. My name is Lala Angela Wang, your host of Range Woman, the Variety Show. I am so excited. Welcome to episode one. So this was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't actually make too many announcements on social media at all with this first live cast and therefore I am super super excited but I've also got yet another surprise for you guys and I'm just gonna bring him on supplies <laughs> <laughs> hello 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 Zoe Zoe's watching yay nice hey Zoe oh my god I'm super super excited so this is a surprise for those of you who don't know. This is my partner in life and partner in crime, Mr. Scott Martin, a.k.a. the unapologetic Aussie. Mm-hmm. So you may be wondering, what is the deal? Is this Whose podcast is this anyway? Well, it's mine. <laughs> I just sounded like Borat. Um, but... We thought we'd do something fun for the first episode. So I am going to be interviewed by Scott, by the unapologetic Aussie. And I have to say, I have no idea. I have no idea what is going on here. No, you haven't been included in about anything. Nope. I'm predictably unpredictable as always. Yep. And that's that's the way we like it as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, by the way, I'm just going to see, I'm just going to see because I can't actually see myself on my Facebook business page at the moment, which is interesting. Okay. Let's just refresh it and see what we can find. Ooh, there we go. All right. Well, this is what we want to do. We want to... Be able to share this.
I love technology. Done. That's that the interview begin. Righto. So I um this is funny because typically speaking on a podcast, you wouldn't normally have someone else interview you. It would normally be you interviewing someone else. However, uh, we are not necessarily people for social propriety. We do things our own way. And uh, as a result, we are switching things up a little bit today. So thank you for inviting me on today. And uh, before I get started, I I know that you are the preparer of the most incredible gourmet foods that some of the world has ever seen. Uh, I'm sure there's better, but it's probably over in the Arab Emirates somewhere for some uh, <laughs> Saudi Arabian prince. But I want to hear from you because, you know, you've got a real eye for food and you used to have a catering business, uh, I believe. So tell me, what's your favorite snack and why? My favorite, absolutely favorite snack? Like if I can have anything right now? Mm. I'm going to be really greedy and be say greedy. a high tea. Like high tea is like my absolute favorite. You know, you get a bit of everything. You get finger sandwiches. You get scones with jam and cream. And then you get the desserts on top. So, yeah, high tea is definitely my absolute favorite. So I, I want you to get more specific because I know that with your clients, you ask them to get very specific about things and you don't let them get away with just having broad answers for things that don't necessarily give a conclusive uh, response that you're after. So you call yourself the inner child whisperer. Yo. So given that you are the inner child whisperer and you are in touch with your inner child, what's your inner child's favorite snack specifically? I can see the inner child coming out of your face right now. It's um, it's funny. It's actually a very, very simple snack. I don't even know if you can get it in Australia. So it's a snack that I used to have. It's almost like a, it's a biscuit. It's like a milky biscuit, and it's like tiny little ones, almost like NMM size. Okay. And if you translate it into English, it's like little mantel. Like mantel is like little bread dumplings that you buy, <laughs> like steam, steam bread. Okay. Yeah. And I, I used to eat them. So like you can suck on them and then they will slowly dissolve with the saliva. <laughs> well, you had to ask. <laughs> I don't think that's a bread dumpling you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I was hoping... Things like this will come up a little bit later, but no, you know, it's, it's now. That's just the way how this household rules. <laughs> that's how podcasts with me on them go. Uh, so, your podcast is called Range Woman: The Variety Show. So, I'm going to get right into it. What? It's actually Range Woman: Range The Variety woman. Show. <laughs> Range. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, by the way, if, <laughs> if you never hang out with the two of us before, this is literally, this is literally how 
that we interact in Welcome real to life. Our world. So to he's our like, world. oh, behave. Oh, come <laughs> on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. We indeed. are behaving. This uh, is like us on our best behavior. <laughs> yeah, this is on a good day. By the way, um, if you are watching, you can so commenting, even though we're streaming off StreamYard right now, you can commenting and just like how Zoe interacts with us, we can so see you. And that's both on Facebook and on YouTube. Yep, I can I can see all the comments here as well. So the cool thing about StreamYard is that with setups like this, we can stream across multiple platforms. And as all the comments come through, it's got like a little YouTube logo or a Facebook logo or a Twitch logo or a whatever platform logo that it is we're streaming on simultaneously. And yeah, so we, we, so we actually know where, where you're you are from. from. We know, we know. Absolutely. So Range Woman, the variety show. What is a range woman? Tell uh-huh, me. Uh-huh, I, would, uh-huh. I would love you to You're doing well. <laughs> so range woman, well, you can be a range man as well. But to me, the definition of range is somebody who can juggle. I'm still trying to find a replacement word for juggle. I'm going to use flow. I'm a range hood. You don't want to be a range hood. Why? Then I get to sniff all the delicious things that you cook. Yeah, also suck all the fat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Got so me on that one. A range woman is definitely not a range hood. Okay. A range woman is a woman that can flow in between multiple projects or responsibilities or tasks really effectively, efficiently, happily, with ease and flow. And it's just like everything flows. Seamlessly. Nice. I mean, I would I would argue that you could be a range hood, actually, given that I'm a debater. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to be a range hood. You don't you don't want to suck on my fat? <laughs> range hood don't get to taste the food. <laughs> no, you really do need to behave now. <laughs> I have a feeling that anyone watching right now is going to be cracking up while you're going, oh my God, this is so awkward. <laughs> so, so well, I did ask for it. You did, you did. So in a child, Lala, what is your favorite childhood memory? Let's, let's, let's dig deep. Um, my favorite childhood memory was there's a, almost like a national park. I'm pretty sure it's a man-made park just like the majority of parks in Asia. Um, but they've got a lot of hills and there's a lot of um, like coconut leaves. I don't know. They're just like big leaves that kids can sit on and slide down the hills. So that was my favourite childhood memory. I, I'm just picturing you. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the, the gum, nut, gum nut babies that used to be like this <laughs> childhood book that I remember. And I had like these little gum nut babies. I'm just picturing you like with this little gum nut hat and just a big gum nut leaf and just sliding down the hill. <laughs> so much fun. Because I've seen the baby photos of you. So I like I can actually envisage that baby wearing like a big gum nut on a leaf and <laughs> just with this like cheeky face and making lots of noise because I hear you with a noisy kid. I was. I was noisy until a certain stage in my life where I was like, 
and maybe noisy doesn't serve me. Oh, I used to get told that talk too much, so. Hmm, well, that's no good. Well, someone, I, I still remember a time when I was living at home with my parents when I was a young kid and I wasn't even at school yet. And they took me over to the showground across the road when we had our local fair. You know, we had, I mean, it wasn't like the Easter show in Sydney or anything, but it had like the roller coaster rides and all of the different stuff. And it was really, really, uh, it was a small town affair. And I remember standing, I think we're getting fairy floss or like a hot dog or some kind of snack because, you know, I was hungry as I always was as a kid. I mean, Where is the story leading us to? <laughs> well, I was standing with my mum and, and look, you know, a, as kids, we don't tend to have a filter and we're curious about things. Uh, I mean, obviously I know the answer to this now, but I tugged on my mum's shirt. And I said, mum, why is that woman so black? And mum um, just, she she didn't know how to react and <laughs> so needless to say she silenced me as quickly as possible and then we had a conversation about that later but you know I mean you know it's funny because some people be like oh that kid's racist but you know I'm the furthest from racist you can imagine uh to anyone that knows me um particularly these days you'll you'll know what I'm all about so I, I'm not so concerned about that that particular story coming out but yeah that was pretty awkward for my mum or thing. <laughs> So I guess you want to ask what's my most awkward story? I would love to hear what your most awkward story is. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's kind of along the line. Was it where you pooped in the bathtub? What? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't even hear that question properly. <laughs> <laughs> it's along a similar line. So um, some of you may know, some of you may not know. I speak... Mandarin and Cantonese. And where I grew up, which is in Taiwan, not many people actually speak Cantonese. So that used to be like the little secret thing that me and my mum would speak if we want to talk about somebody in front of them, but them not knowing what I'm saying. So when I first got to New Zealand, um, by the way, New Zealand's pretty similar to Australia. So a lot of the shop people or even like eight, no, not Asian, Chinese people, they're bilingual, they can speak Cantonese and Mandarin. And I was, I think I was about 12 back then, and I didn't have that filter on. I was like, well, okay, it's an Asian person. <laughs> he probably speaks, talk about being racist, right? Um, <laughs> Such a racist. You racist Asian, you. Yeah, I know. Um, he probably speaks Mandarin anyway. So it's a one of those food courts that sells muffins. And if you've seen muffins in New Zealand, they're pretty ginormous. And so what this guy did was there's a muffin. He cut the tops open and he had some margarines. He's like, would you like some margarines? I'm like, oh, yeah. And he put the biggest slop of margarines onto the muffin. And what I said to my mum in Cantonese back then was, oh, my God, that looks like a slob of poop. And so when my mum went and paid for it, the shop person spoke to my mum in Cantonese back, say thank you. 
So I heard that obviously and I was just like, oh my shitty Lord. Do you understand what I just said? That was really <laughs> my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> you thought you were clever, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was clever. I forgot that I'm actually in a different country where a lot more people speak my secret language. By the way, I just noticed that you, your audio is sort of dropping in and out a little bit, so may, maybe you might need to speak closer into the mic or like more directional, I mean. There you go. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's a very interesting story. You know, and, and look, this just shows that you should never underestimate anyone uh, because you never know what they're capable of. You never know what they understand. Um, <laughs> you know, you might have a secret code for speaking and those people might also speak that secret code. and catch Or maybe my time. secret code just needs to be a lot more secretive, like literally only me and my mum understands. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that might be what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. Not like the second most common Chinese dialect. <laughs> nice one, Lala. Nice one. <laughs> so uh, so tell me, what is the um, inspiration for this live cast, this range woman variety show that you're doing? Range, range. woman. <laughs> Just put an ST on the front of that. Strange woman. <laughs> it's okay. I'm happy being strange. <laughs> I'm pretty strange anyway. Um, well... The range woman actually came out about when I was talking to my coach, Jana Kingsford. Um, I think it's pretty early on in our session. She's like, you are a, you have a bit pretty wide range. And that's when we started exploring what range really means. And really what Jana meant back then was I was able to jump out of my corporate job and meetings and responsibilities and jump straight into a coaching session in the middle of a day. And it's a complete different sort of, brainwave and mentality and energy and she's like how do you do it I'm like I just do and so as I slowly explore what range means to me and also exploring how I embody range I realized that a lot of the women that I encounter not just in the corporate world thinks that they could only have the career or they could only be a mum, or they, the best they could do is have a career and juggle their family. But it's always almost like a strain. It's always a, a, a thing that's really hard to do. So my inspiration is really creating a podcast that would inspire other women by listening to other people's story. Like a lot of my guests are just like you and me. But we decided that we are going to take on a little bit more than a normal person. Um, like my first guest that I'm going to interview, Wendy Jasper, she is an artist. She also has her own podcast. She's also a coach that coaches artists to become abundant, not just, you know, there's a, there's a saying where artists are meant to be broke. Mm. And, you know, for me it's really... I really hope by you guys listening to other people's stories, not just my story, to really start to build a systematic evidence that if, if there's so many other women that could achieve their dreams and achieve so many things, then we can all do it. 
right? I have this saying, we can all have everything that we want in this lifetime, just maybe not all at once. And I truly, truly and absolutely believe that. Like five years ago, I would never imagine myself sitting here, being a international speaker, published author, still have my career. My career is like, it's beyond my wildest imagination right now. And have this podcast, have amazing client, have an amazing partner in my life and just really living what I call dreams beyond dreams. And I really want to have more women to have the ability to have that, but also know that we all have it in us. And I want to be able to see more women in the corporate world, not saying, oh, because there's not enough female representation, so we're going to put more women on. It's We all have the ability. It's because we have the ability that we get to, I'm not even going to say break through the glass ceiling. To me, it's flowing through the glass ceiling without feeling like we're pushing shit uphill. It doesn't have to be like that. And that is really what inspires me to have this podcast. Yeah, I love that. No, I really appreciate that answer. And I think it's actually, you know, for for me, I I know that my lived experience as a guy is different to that as a girl, but I, for example, Denise Coates of Bet365, she's the highest annually earning CEO in the world. She earns more, almost triple what Tim Cook from Apple makes, and uh, the youngest and the youngest billionaire in Australia, who's also self-made. Uh, she is actually the founder of a company whose software you actually use, Lala Canva. So you know, and, and I, I really think that you know a lot of people sort of say, oh, I, you know, it's going to be too hard to break the glass ceiling. But what if there wasn't a glass ceiling and you were looking up and seeing through what you thought was a glass ceiling, but it wasn't even there? It's just, a, it's really just a silhouette. It's an illusion, you know, yeah. and um, the only person that's putting the glass there is is you. And that goes for both girls and guys, by the way, because a lot of guys sort of say, oh, you know, I'll never get into this position or I won't be able to do this. The only person putting glass in front of you is you. Uh, and, I, and I really believe that. And, I, I, you know, I, I know that there are some industries that are more male dominated and more female dominated. And like, for example, it's really hard for guys to work their way up in the nursing industry you know, and other female dominated industries, just like it's a little bit tougher for girls to work their way up in a uh, male dominated industry. But the reality like construction. of construction, like, yeah, like construction, but yet look at you and look at so many of your other amazing female colleagues. And I've met some of them myself personally and, you know, and they're, they're awesome chicks and they know what they're doing and they're very professional and, and they've earned their stripes. You know, it's, like I kind of see the world like the military, but on a larger scale, you know, you, when you start out, yes, you're going to be, you know, yelled at a little bit and told that, you know, maybe you need to up your game. But as you actually grow through the company, grow through the organization and earn your stripes, you know, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people that think you don't deserve to be there, whether you're male or female. And that's across male and female dominated industries and even industries where there's parity in men and women. I just think that there's a lot of people that uh, get caught up in the hole uh, because of what's between my legs. That's going to somehow hold me back. Well, it's going to hold you back if you let it hold you back. And that's a message that I that I always share with people. And I just wanted to share that with the listeners today uh, because, you know, I tell you what, there's some girls in the security, I work as a security guard, and there's some girls in the security industry that deserve to be there a lot more than some of the guys. But then again, there's 
some girls that don't really deserve to be there because they're lazy and they don't do their job and they just want to take the easy tasks. Uh, and, you know, you've got to take the bad with the good. And I think that people who are prepared to do that are always going to come out on top no matter what. What's your thoughts? I, I agree. But at, at the same time, I think, you know, there's this saying more in a rural world that sometimes when you have set your intention, it, it's so important. The next step after setting intention is to actually have no tension. Mm. You know, meaning when you set your goal and it's coming from a needy energy, right? If you think, I think if I go back 10 years ago and say to myself, I have to be a design manager in the construction industry and I have to do this and have to that do that, I wouldn't have got to where I've got to so quickly. And instead for me, it's having that dream but not having the tension and not having the need. It's like I am so grateful that I've got to where I am. But does it mean I'm going to be bitter or does it mean I'm going to hate life if I don't get it? No. Mm. And I think if you can treat every opportunity as a gift and be grateful about it and not really feeling like you need to be at a certain place at a certain time in your life it's going to be a lot easier yeah that's a that's a really good message actually and I know for example from personal experience in the past when I've applied for a job and I've been really stressed about it quite often I don't get it and then when I do apply for a job and uh, I don't really sort of care about it too much so I don't put too much weight on it, I end up getting the job. Uh, and, and I think that it's really healthy to have a balance of both through the intention to get it and the desire to get it, but not really where that stress and that tension comes from is coming from a place of need and a place of scarcity. So if you think that if I don't get this job, I'm in big trouble, well, then you're probably going to be in big trouble when you don't get it which you're not going to because you're too needy. And that's the same with relationships. Uh, if you are too needy in relationships, you're not going to get them either. Well, I think um, like as human beings, and this it's re- really interesting, right? So even during our day-to-day conversations, Scott and I will quite often have like a masculine energy and feminine energy type conversation. <laughs> and for me, it's like we're all energetic beings, whether you are a male or a female or unidentified in terms of your sexual tendency or direction or whatever you call it. Um, We all can sense other people's energy. Male or female? Human beings. Okay. (laughs) And I do believe that when you have a desperate energy, when you are in the energy of lack, when you're in the energy of neediness, People can sense it. Right? How often do you get a salesperson that comes to you that really want to achieve their sales? You can smell mm. them from miles away. Especially if they haven't showered. <laughs> Energetically. next question please (laughs) (laughs) all right so (laughs) you know 
I guess I really wanted to understand um, what the inspiration behind was behind this podcast. Haven't I answered that question already? Maybe I I I, I don't feel like you you I don't feel like you answered that in the way that I was expecting. Maybe that's why I didn't uh, didn't register. Do you want to try and rephrase your question? <laughs> I guess what I was wanting to find out was what was the defining moment that made you say, I'm going to start a podcast? There we go. That's a much better question. <laughs> and hopefully I get a much better answer than last time. Well. <laughs> Ka-ching! Ka-ching! Actually, have you got a button for that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um. For me, a lot of inspiration come from what I call downloads and they were literally like this snippet of moment in time where you just go, maybe I should do that. And for those of you who's been following me for a while, you would know this is not my first podcast. My first podcast was basically based around the construction industry and I really wanted to have materials that inspires people who works in construction um, and I still have that vision to reduce suicide rate in construction. But there was a bit of flop because halfway through it, I kind of lost direction. I was like, I, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do. So I stopped. And so when I had this idea of running this podcast, I actually run it past my coach. And this is why it's so important to have a coach. Like I was talking to another coach friend of mine. We're like, this is why everybody needs a coach. Everybody. 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 <laughs> because I was in a moment of doubt and I spoke to Jana. I said, I don't know. I've I had a podcast before. It was a flop. Maybe podcast isn't my thing. She's like, well, but back then you weren't doing the womanly way, which is my new business venture. And she also said, and back then you didn't have me. Which is confident, isn't she? She is. And that's why she's my coach. And so with a little bit of download, with a bit of a gentle push from my coach and also understanding that I know that The Womanly Way is really my brand now, even though it was just, it was born out of a a dream. I woke up one day and I was like, I have to write this thing down on my big sticky pad. And if you've been if you've been coached by me, you'll know the magic of the big sticky pad. There are big sticky pads. They're like you know those flip chart paper where you get in presentations. They're like that. Post notes, but they're like like flip chart paper. But they they flip chart paper. Flip chart paper. Yes. Flip chart. (laughs) So I stick them on our storage cupboard in a hallway, and the womanly way was born. And this is probably the most congruent and most me that I felt in all of my business ventures and I just know I know if I am passionate about this and I know if I could do 30 days of 30 podcasts and if I can get enough momentum behind this it'll be my thing and I already know it's my thing like you know we're not even at our first interview yet and I've already got 18 women lined up so I'm super excited and I know this is me And this is just the way that I operate. It's not through logic. It's not through, you know, what are the the box ticking things I must do for a 
mentoring business that starts in year one. It's not even about, I just want to impress my audience. It's something heartfelt that was downloaded to me and I just follow my guidance. Nice one. Did that answer your question then? It answered my question. And then some. I appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad I passed. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you obviously you've started your business winning the womanly way. And that's, um, you know, a big part of your branding. And you said that originally that you were wanting to help with the suicide rates in construction. Now, uh, for those of those people who know what the suicide rates are in construction, it is primarily male. Uh, There are not too many female if any, I've stem you. There's not enough females in construction. Full stop. No, but I mean, like in in terms of suicide rates, I don't I, I don't think I've ever read of any women in construction. Well, I'm, that have I'm happy to have this discussion, but if you think about it, the female representation, depending on whether you're on site or in the office, is between nine to thirteen percent. That that wasn't where I was going, but I, look. Anyway, I was just curious to see if there were any, actually any women that were represented in the suicide rates in construction because I wasn't sure. I just know that the suicide rates are quite high in the construction industry. So in construction, suicide rates about um, 260 people per year commit suicide in construction. It's six times more than death rates by accidents on site. And the reason that I wanted to bring out the statistic in terms of how many women are in the industry is because even if... Right, even if it's the same percentage of population, so if we take the nine percent woman in construction compared to the ninety-one percent men in construction, even if women are accounted for in terms of suicide rate, mm-hmm. right, we're talking about so in con- construction forms a million. And I'm pretty sure that million figure is only construction workers on site. Mm -hmm. And if we then take my experience on site and looking at trades, they're on site, I would say it's probably less than 9%. Okay. Right. So I I guess my answer is I don't know how many women are killed in construction through suicide, but even if there is – from an outsider's perspective, it's probably like, oh, there's not a lot. Yeah. But there's not enough women in construction full stop. Yeah, so no, even, fair enough. You know? So uh, I guess I'll, I'll go back on the, the direction that I was going. I, we sort of went a little bit off tangent there. Um, but, I mean, I know that men, I, I guess, with respect to the suicide figures, are overrepresented in terms of gross numbers in the construction industry. And I know that initially you wanted to help them. That was kind of like your target audience in the beginning. And I know your intention is always to care for them because, you know, a lot of them, have, some of them have even been your colleagues. Uh, but what was it? Like, why do you think you actually end up attracting more uh, female clients than men, even though men was your, I guess, initial target market for helping them? I had a few theories. Yeah. Um, being a woman in construction, automatically I think a lot of women wanted to find mentors and wanted to find guidance in that sense because I had female mentors too. But mm. the other thing is also, and Scott, I'm happy to have this discussion in public as well. I've asked some of my colleagues, I'm like, what do you think it is that it's really hard for a female person 
to attract male clients in our industry. And like even with my own team, the guys will not come f- to me for guidance. Like they will go to the mm. direct manager, but they barely come to me for guidance, even though sometimes I know they're suffering, I know they, they've got problems at home, I know they've got things that just need to talk to somebody, but they wouldn't mm. come to me. Right. So I think sometimes for a guy it's a bit awkward to talk about your feelings and emotions with the female mm. or yeah. to even talk about your struggles. And it's still a little bit more comfortable to talk to another guy. Yeah. It's almost like as a female, maybe I don't quite speak your lingo or there's a perception that I probably wouldn't understand or which is not it's just not comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look, I think that you're probably on the money with a lot of, with most of what you said there. Uh, just from a guy's perspective to add to that, um, look, I think a lot of the time, I, I, anyone who's studied the sort of knows all the statistics and, and what one of the biggest, uh, I guess, catalysts of male suicide across the board is actually relationship breakdown. And, you know, we're, for anyone who knows about anchors, if, ever, if you've ever heard of Pavlov's dog where you ring the bell and the dogs come running for food because they associate that with food because previously every time you've rung the bell, when the food was there, they now associate the bell and the food. Um, typically speaking, uh, and I speak from experience here as a guy, there's been so many times where I've spoken to a female partner about my feelings in the relationship and that has actually ended up having them walk away or run away in some cases metaphorically speaking and sometimes maybe literally I don't know I didn't see how they were walking (laughs) but you know when you as a guy lose a relationship enough times as a result of expressing your feelings you'll still express your feelings but you just won't tend to express them towards the person that has the ability to cause the most hurt to you, even if that's not their intention. Um, and, and I often hear people, especially sociologists and psychologists and, and, and a lot of quote-unquote mental health professionals who really have been very misguided in many ways, and I'm sure they'll disagree with me if they've done a they've done some sort of degree and they're watching this podcast right now, but you know, you, you're probably not a male, and if you are, then... Uh, I don't I think you'll probably agree with some of what I say but if you're not male then I, I would say I'm probably a bit more qualified to speak on why it is that guys don't tend to open up to to women in the same way that they'll open up to their fellow man and look it's it sucks that unfortunately that does translate into the workplace uh, because you know we've when it's only women that are rejecting us when we talk about our feelings and look sometimes that's not the case I know um you know, Lala, you're you're amazing, and you are very sensitive to people who hurt. Um, and when they talk about their feelings, you don't dismiss it. But unfortunately, there are too many ladies out there that will dismiss a guy's feelings, and that is part of the reason why guys don't tend to turn to their girlfriends or their female friends or even their relationship partners for advice on how to deal with their feelings. And um, yeah, it's. Just, Look, it's sad that that's the way it is, but that's just been my experience and the experience of so many other guys that I know and have spoken to. Mm. So maybe, maybe that's what's behind that particular phenomenon in your industry and 
um, behind what you're witnessing. I really like your logical point of view and it's, it's interesting to hear that and I think, you know, part of what I'm doing with The Womanly Way and with Range Woman is really to show female, I think, when you can really truly understand how to show love to yourself. Can you talk towards your mic a little bit more? It's just fading out. No, I lost my train of thought. When you show love to yourself? So when you show love to yourself, you can really then authentically and genuinely and compassionately show love to others. Um, but like even for me looking at this whole thing with my business, again from a, a more energetic and feminine perspective, I truly, truly believe in trusting what the signs the universe are throwing at us. Right. For me, it was like I have a desire to help men and with that desire I wrote a book. But for some reason, all of my clients are female. <laughs> right? For so, so far out of my entire career of mentoring and coaching women, coaching people, I've only had two guys come to me and I – genuinely enjoy mentoring women a lot more as well. Not because I'm biased, not because I don't like men. Totally. Obviously not because <laughs> I work with men day in, day out. Um, but it's just my calling. You know, I don't, I don't judge it. I don't discount any of the things that I do previously. And for me, I think if you want to talk about one of my strengths is that I listen to my guidance and I trust it. Mm. and I don't doubt it, I don't question whatever happened previously, I just keep going. Yeah, absolutely, I love that. And I think that's the magic of being a range woman as well, to know that there are guidance, there are support, and it is a bit woo-woo, it, it is a bit witchy-witch. But that's what feminine energy is all about. It's about, it's not... Yesterday I did a live on Facebook and I talked about how really for guys it's about that ego. I was sitting in a meeting room yesterday and I sat back and watched the guys. It's like I have to show that I am good at this. My – I'm not going to use the body part, but my body part is on the line because we're all trying to win work. Right? It's like I need to show my manager I am the biggest, the baddest, the best. And it's like you look at the animal kingdom, it's a male's job to go, I'm the king of the jungle or I am the lion king because when you are the lion king, you get to lead the tribe. George, George, George of the jungle. Maybe not George. <laughs> but Scott. you know what I mean? It's like for guys – it's their job to go out there and get things, right? That's part of, I think, that's part of what's sexy about a guy who go and get the things that they want. Go and get the girl. Go and get the job. Go and get whatever you desire. But for a female, I think it's so unattractive sometimes when we become ball breakers, you just go get the things. Yeah. And for me, even as a female, it's far sexier for somebody to sit there and they may not talk a lot. Like, I don't talk a lot in boardroom situations. I listen. But when I do talk, people listen. 
right? It's because mm. it's not from I want to show off or I want to compete with the guys. It's I genuinely come from a place of love and compassion and that's what I'm about. I'm about caring for my team. I'm about offering a different perspective and to me it's about my connection to the universe, to God, whatever you want to call it, but it's about my connection to up there. Mm. Yeah, totally. No, I love that. And, uh, you know, and, and personally, I think, at least from what I know, that the reason why people listen when you speak is because they respect you. And, and you've really earned that respect. And, and you've earned it through hard work and you've earned it through caring about other people and earned it through careful consideration of how things are going to impact others. And, and you know, whether on a conscious or a subconscious level, people actually realize that. You know, you could be a bit biased, but thank you. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is like... I. When I first started in the industry, I used to be told, um, so obviously when we go to start, we wear steel cap boots, right? And I used to get told by old school guys and they would say to me, Angela, you need to put your steel cap boots on and just kick some butts. <laughs> and intuitively, I'm just like, I know that's not the right thing to do because this is my theory. Every guy that I meet on site, they will either have a mum a sister, a partner, a girlfriend or a wife. Why would they want to come to work and be treated just like how they're treated at home? Yeah. It's not I'm not obviously I'm not saying all females are bossy and we kick your balls or like, you know, but <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but like for me, I think Everybody appreciates being nurtured. Everybody appreciates a different perspective. Like even between guys, you wouldn't appreciate a boss that just keep telling you off, would you? No. Not to mention a short Asian female who perhaps isn't as senior as you telling you what to do. Especially if she's got an attitude. I have an attitude. <laughs> you better watch out. <laughs> I'm not scared of you. <laughs> I'm not scared of you. <laughs> you're just like, my arm's not long enough to reach over. and <laughs> oh, your, your legs aren't long enough to kick me either. Domestic violence. <laughs> oh my goodness. That old chestnut. <laughs> So I really hope you guys get a juice of what it's like in our lounge room. The juice? Juice. Orange juice. Mandarin juice? I never had you mandarin speak juice. it. <laughs> Don't pretend to be Asian, la. Don't know what you mean. <laughs> and really, I was like, well, you know, I could either do a solo cast and just talk about what Range Woman is all about, or... We can have a bit of a surprise and um, allow me to share my other part of me who is sitting on the other side of this living room and just really no, allow you, you guys to have a window into our life. You are whole and I am whole. Oh, yeah, sorry. You're not my other half. Sorry. My other whole. <laughs> so does that mean you have four? <laughs> I'm not 
even going to try and dig that hole any deeper. <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> well, like I said, you are my partner in crime. Yeah. And partner in life. Mischief. How is that? <laughs> yeah. Partner in mischief. Oh, shall we wrap it up, Mr. Scott? Uh, yes, Let, let's wrap it up. I was going to quote Van Wilder then, but I'm going to leave that for another day. So, yes, let's do that. What were you going to quote? By the way, I do have a really bad amount of curiosity. <laughs> and I just have the sense of feeling I may not want to know, but I kind of want to know. Don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. Okay. Wrap it up even though I probably won't. Go on. No, that's it. Oh. It, it literally says, don't be a fool, wrap your tool. And I said, so, you know, you're going to wrap it up. And then I was like, but I won't. So Actually, I'm going to end this podcast or this live cast with a family joke. And I'm really going to share this with you because – you will understand our dynamic so much more and you will understand the thing that I'm about to do. So there is a saying. I think in English, when somebody tells a bad joke, it's either a that joke or it's a dry joke. But in Taiwan, where I come from, when somebody tells a, a dry joke, we call it a code joke. Code or a cold? A cold joke. Same to me. Come on, I'm Asian. <laughs> cold means like the programmer. Cold. No, cold is like cold. <sighs> yep. So in our household, whenever somebody tells a dry joke, we go. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. I really want to thank you all. Thank you, Scott, for jumping on so impromptuly because mm. literally we were, what, we're picking up dinner and I was like, how do you feel if you actually interview me on my first episode? <sighs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and we just thought it would be something fun. Like, seriously, for, for the two of us, whatever we do, like Scott's got his own podcast as well. Whatever we do, it's, coming from a place of fun because if we're not doing it for fun, we might as well not do it, right? Life is not worth doing the things that's not going to give us joy. So really we hope this podcast has bring you some joy, some fun, some unexpectedness, and you get to see a different side of me, even what happens when, you know, <laughs> somebody says something very unexpectedly and I had to go... <gasps> <laughs> What happens? What happened, Drifter? <laughs> um, so thank you for watching or listening. If you were listening to the podcast, if you're watching it live, thank you so, so, so much for your support. We really, really deeply appreciate it. Um, and please follow us. Please follow me on Facebook, which is Angela Wang, The Womanly Way. Same thing on YouTube, Angela Wang, The Womanly Way. Or if you prefer to listen to the podcast, it's on all major platforms. Range Woman, The Variety Show. I look and forward. If you want to hear more of me, you can check out Unapologetic Aussie on any of the major podcast platforms. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and
And um, oh, now I can't remember what I was about to say. Oh, yes, our first proper interview is coming up on this Friday Australian Daylight Saving Time, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time um, at 8 a.m. Bright and Shine. It's also, sorry, 6 a.m. Yep, 6 a.m. this Friday 30th. Bright and early. Bright and early, Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Saving Time. Or if you're in New Zealand, that would be 8 a.m. this Friday. And I will be interviewing my very good friend, Wendy Jasper, the amazing artist, abundant artist. I can't wait. Um, There's a, a fantastic lineup. I'm even going to interview my very good friend of... Gosh, 20 years, more than 20 years. Susan Chen, all the way in Singapore, um, who's just had a cutest baby a few months ago. And I can't wait to interview her because she's one of my favorite amazing women, of course. I'm very biased. Thank you once again, Scott. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you like Scott's quirkiness, checking out on Unapologetic Aussie. I would not apologize. That's just how he is. (laughs) Have a lovely, lovely night. Thank you so much once again for watching or listening. I will see you or chat to you or talk to you in whatever way you desire very soon. Bye. Are you inspired to start taking action towards your next big dreams and expand your range so you can create a life of your dreams? The Womanly Way Mastermind is my six-month group coaching plus one-on-one program where I help and support women increase their range, finding balance in their life, finding self-confidence as well as taking them through each and every step towards their next big dreams. If you're interested, please contact me through all of my social media platforms or you can email me direct on Angela at AngelaWang.com.au. I am super excited and I can't wait to help and support you through this next chapter of your life and support you through expansion, growth, and embodiment. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on. Share this podcast with your friends and follow at The Womanly Way on Instagram for glimpse behind the scenes, teasers of upcoming content and juicy snippets of the best interviews. Or if you prefer to watch the show live and interact with my guest and I, feel free to follow me on Facebook or YouTube at Angela Wang, The Womanly Way. Catch you in the next episode.